1: Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host Steve Robertson here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. That's right. Um, Let me just go ahead and break it down for you. 17 days till Christmas. 17 days. So if you are not prepared, it is time to get prepared. It feels like the month is just flying by and it's been a busy stretch for us over jeanspage.com you know, covering this uh, coaching search and then filling out the staff and working through recruits. We got uh, official visit weekend this weekend. We'll preview that a little bit later in the show. Uh, made a couple new hires that haven't been officially announced, but we'll uh, we'll cover those as well. But it's time to get cracking. I mean, it really is. It is time to get rolling. Uh, and if you're looking to do some shopping over in the Greater Tupelo area, they'll be getting stocked today on when the bottom falls there at Gumtree Books. Yeah, that's some request. So we'll, we'll get that taken care of today, from what I understand. And then uh, some book signings coming up next Friday at noon. I will be at Lemuria Books in Jackson, Mississippi. At noon, next Friday. And then 1 to 3 that Saturday, I'll be at Campus Bookmarts. So if you're coming to town for basketball, you can swing by and uh, get some books signed. Making it easier. And uh, I said it many times before, every Mississippi State fan needs to have a copy of Dogpaw. Whether you're a big reader or not, you should have that. Yeah, I don't know how many more NAFL Championships we're going to gonna win, but don't you want to have the story of the first one? Yeah, you do. And every smart aleck brother-in-law or friend at the office or whatever needs a copy of Flim Flam. You can get signed copies. at uh, Go to winthebottomfalls.com and, of course, the new book and... All of my sports books are there. And I'm uh, already doing research for the next one. We'll get Once we get through the holidays, once we get through Christmas, the writing process will begin on the biography of Duty Noble. And that's the person, not the stadium. We'll talk about a stadium some. I've had a lot of people reach out and want to send me their memories of Duty Noble Field. And while that may be fun, that's not the focus of this book. This book is going to be called The Dude, or The Dude, The Life and Times of Duty Noble, The Person, one of the uh, most impactful people in the history of Mississippi State Athletics. Uh, Spent some time with his nieces earlier this week. Got some great anecdotal information. Got some family history. Uh, I've done my research, not done with it, but we've got a lot of stuff. Of course, by the time we get to Christmas, I want to have uh, a lot of these interviews done so we can start... uh, constructing this and uh, the hope is to have it out late summer and certainly in time for football season so we'll do a bunch of book signings next year on game day and things of that nature uh, that's the plan anyway i mean you never know what life's gonna afford you but uh, that's the plan for 2024 is to have the book the dude uh, on sale in time for next football season as we open up the jeff levy era let's thank our friends at bulldog burger company longtime sponsors of the show man i love bulldog burger company i've loved them since first bite it's true a uh, matter of fact brian haydad and i went together to bulldog burger company for the first time we had to go try it out and we went and it was amazing little did i know they'd become a sponsor of the show and stick with us all these years what a great marriage it's been i'm very faithful to bulldog burger company i am when i want a great restaurant quality hamburger there's no decision process i know exactly where i'm going to go bulldog burger company Love that group, love everybody involved with it. I, and the main thing, here's the thing, the, the reason you go to a restaurant is to have a dining experience. There are a lot of places you can just go eat. But when you go to Bulldog Burger Company, it's an experience. You can get an adult beverage, maybe get a glass of wine, maybe you need uh, maybe you need a cold one after a long day's work. You know, and you can do that a lot of places. But you can do that at Bulldog Burger Company, have a night out with friends, a night out with family. And get that great restaurant quality hamburger. I like the onion rings there too. Which is kind of weird because I'm, I'm an anti-onion person. But I do like onion rings. Again, I'm a riddle wrapped inside of an enigma. But you go find your own favorites. Uh, I love that Mississippi barbecue burger. I think it's fabulous. The Bryant's really good. The Lauren's good. I've had them all. I've had them all. And I've always come away feeling satisfied and nourished. But that's the reason you go, right? It's not just the fact that you want to go eat. You want to have an experience, and you can have that at Bulldog Burger Company. You get that chocolate shake to go, perhaps that bread pudding. You cap the experience off by satisfying that sweet tooth of yours. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Stark, Vegas. Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. I tell you, you can go a lot of places. to have lunch or dinner. But the bottom line is this. You can't find a place better than Bulldog Burger Company. The place where people go to meet M-E-A-T. All right. So we got tipped off last night. Mississippi State made a couple of hires. Let's start with the king of speed. Former Oregon director of speed and performance Jarwaski Beckham is coming home to Mississippi State. Pretty incredible. Absolutely incredible situation here. This is one of these situations where um, a lot of people have wanted this to happen for a long time You have a director of speed and performance, right? Of course, that all is under the same umbrella of strength and conditioning, you know, and uh, Shad Williams from Oregon recently announced as your new strength and conditioning coach for football. So it makes sense to have not only a guy that knows Mississippi State, a guy that understands what it's like to be a Bulldog, but now he's going to be working in conjunction with somebody that he's had a relationship with. Very, very excited about this. And if you can tell by the social media traffic when I broke that news yesterday, I mean, last time I looked, it was like 200,000 impressions. People understand this. And then, of course, the, the Oregon media picks it up and they, they confirm our report. The Jaws is coming home. Absolutely love this move. You know, that's the thing, too. When you bring in a new coach... You know, they're going to hire a lot of people that know them and that they know, and that's how we would all do it too, right? And that's exactly what uh, Jeff Levy's done for the most part is he's hired people that he knows and has a relationship with. To me, that makes perfect sense. But in addition to that, he's brought in somebody that knows us well. Now, Shad Williams, you may not know this, but Shad Williams, he also played at Andrews High School, same high school as Jeff Levy. So they kind of grew up with the same value system and the same educational system. And, and listen, this is a, you know, again, a relationship. And as a result of that, this is a perfect marriage in that respect that we're bringing Jarowski Beckham home. Incredible, give you a quick snapshot of his career. And this comes from, uh, from Oregon, but. Um, so yeah, he, he's a graduate of Mississippi State and uh, went from here, went to Alabama. Eventually earned the assistant strength coach role there. And uh, not just involved with in football, but women's basketball and softball. So a little bit of everything. And from Alabama, he went to Grand Wing State. Stayed there for three years. He was the director of strength and conditioning there. In the, uh, in the years that he was there, the football team went 20-3 and three in the final two seasons. Even undefeated in conference play. And they won the HBCU National championship. He left there and went to Nevada. And at Nevada, he ended up working with Mason Miller, former Mississippi State offensive line coach. Mason Miller. How about that? Yeah. Left Nevada, went to Ole Miss, spent some time there, and uh, landed, at, landed at Oregon with coach Dan Lanning and his staff. And here's a quote from Dan Lanning from the Oregon website We're thrilled to have Jarowski Beckham join us here at Oregon. He's a tremendous addition to our staff and conditioning, strength and conditioning staff. Pardon me. His experience working with Wilson Love the past two years will really allow him to hit the ground running here in Eugene. Coach Jaws has done it all in the weight room but truly specializes in, speech, in speed training and development. I'm fired up to welcome Jawaski, his wife, Davida, and their two children, DJ and London, to the Duck family. Well, Dan, we love you, but we just had him all on to you. It's time for him to bring him home. Beckham's comments about his appointment at Oregon. I want to thank Coach Lanning, Coach Love, and the University of Oregon administration for this incredible opportunity. When you think of speed in college football, you think of the Oregon Ducks. I couldn't be more excited about the opportunity to play. A role in continuing that tradition, I can't wait to get to work with our elite student athletes and the terrific staff Coach Lanning has assembled in Eugene Go Ducks. And of course, the Ducks played for the Pac-12 championship just last weekend. When I began to work through this myself, I began to think about the Oregon Ducks, one of the fastest teams in all of college football. And if you begin to talk to people, you know, in coaching circles, because you know, we got when this may be happening. And of course, you know, uh, Jaws and those guys connected to a lot of people at Mississippi State, obviously, is an alum. So we had a lot of people come to our board and say, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. So we start digging around, digging around, digging around, and uh, start talking to some of our friends in coaching circles. And their reaction is kind of like, wow, that's really big for Mississippi State and Jeff Levy. And it is. We always talk about getting bigger, faster, stronger. And some people think, well, you just put them in the weight room and turn them loose, and just naturally they'll get bigger, faster, stronger. That's not necessarily the case. You've got to, number one, understand technique. It doesn't matter if you're a 5K runner or a marathoner or whatever. I mean, if you want to be more efficient, you've got to learn proper running technique. There are exercises you can do to, to better your form as a runner. And I just don't know that we've had that before. All due respect to everybody that's been here before, we've never had anybody that has, number one, had a connection to Mississippi State and then gone out into the mission field. And kind of learn some lessons and you know you're working with the oregon and nike i'm sure they've had uh you know state-of-the-art equipment there but then take that knowledge and bring it back to starkville this is huge i cannot overstate how big this is for mississippi state football that's one of the reasons i led with it and it's not just the fact that i've always known who this person was but I know so many people that have worked with Jaws, and they'll tell you, dude, you don't understand what he's fixing to do. You don't, you don't get it. You think you know, but you don't. He's about to make Mississippi State a much faster football team. And the offense that we want to run, we better have some people that can get some, uh, some distance between those and the guys that are defending them. So this is Huge. I won't sit here and say it's the best or biggest hire of the staff, but it's among them. This is absolutely tremendous. So we won't belabor the point. I just want to make sure you guys you get it, because the casual fans are going to see, oh, it's just not a strength and conditioning coach. No, it's not. It's the king of speed, who just so happens to be a Mississippi State alum that is coming home to the school and place that he loves and going to use his expertise now to make us a better football program. How about that? All right, now we expect Mississippi State to have an announcement later today. Uh, Corey Bell, legendary coach in the state of Florida. Uh, He worked most recently as the defensive passing game coordinator at uh, Florida Atlantic. His first year there. Spent some time there before off the field. But uh, this is a guy, too, that knows South Florida extensively. He's also a guy that worked with Jeff Lebby for a couple years at Central Florida. So once again, Jeff Lebby going back into his past to identify people that he is comfortable with and has had a working relationship with. Prior to working at Florida Atlantic, uh, Bell was a corners coach at FIU. Before that, he was at Ute Florida for a while off the field, and then earlier had some time on the field. Of course, corners coach at Central Florida Worked at South Florida, again, back to Florida Atlantic. Uh, but he is a guy that has been around. A lot of off the field stuff, but a lot of on the field stuff as well. So a good combination there. Some time as an analyst, director personnel, things of that nature. Uh, and has been a part of several teams that have won big games. Earned his college degree at South Carolina back in 1995. So he's somewhat familiar with the Southeastern Conference, or at least our region. Uh, got a master's degree in social studies and education. And uh, he's just a few months older than me. And Corey, all due respect, I think when we look at our pictures, I look a little bit younger. Uh, but all that said, one step closer to getting this thing done. And I think it's important to understand too that, uh, you know, we can look at a snapshot of somebody's career, but this is a guy that's kind of a South Florida legend in many respects. It's a guy that's widely known. And maybe it will give us the opportunity to expand the recruiting footprint a little bit. You know, when Arnett came in, I kind of supported that. And here's the thing, too. Whenever we spread ourselves a little bit too thin on the recruiting trail, we have a tendency to lose kids in-state. Now, I want to focus on Mississippi kids first, but whenever the in-state crop is somewhat deficient at some positions, we got to be able to stretch our legs a little bit. And I think Corey Bell gives us a chance to do that. Give us a chance to get involved uh, with some players out in Florida, which in many respects is kind of an under-recruited area for us, but there's so many schools you have to pass on your way to Starkville. We, we've kind of learned that. Yeah, you know, I remember the guy holiday doctrine that we adopted. We went out and just had guy go recruit nationally, and you know we go off for all these kids up in Indianapolis, and we go out to L.A., and I think uh, in the end we got one linebacker that ended up transferring Jimmy Miller to UNLV. Got a walk-on quarterback from Compton. We spent a lot of gas money and a lot of windshield time and didn't get much from it. The times have changed a lot. It's been nearly 20 years. But you remember the old uh, Kenny Ashley debacle where uh, you know, he set the sign with us and on the very end, very end of the process, he flips to USC. And then didn't do a lot there. Uh, but, yeah, it makes sense for us to recruit the south, and of course, having somebody that's got a ton of connections down in Florida is big. Of course, Jeff Levy coached down there too. I mean, it's not—it's not—it's not a virgin territory for us. But it helps to have somebody that has relationships there, and we're not just showing up with the interlocking MSU and saying, "Hey, look how cool this is!" Right? It's a much different deal. Uh, so now, what we have is one spot left on defense, and so and it, it maybe special teams. So it's just one more spot left. Now to kind of give you some clarity here, uh, Coleman Hutzler is going to be your defensive coordinator, and he's going to coach inside backers. Now that could change depending on who the candidates are, because uh, you know Hutzler has coached linebacker and played linebacker. he understands linebacking, right? And so it's important that um, that's the, the decision now, that he'll coach inside backers, which means we'll likely add an outside backers coach, which makes me think maybe we're going to run some three four concepts. Maybe. I understand we're going to be multiple. Uh, but uh, Matt Barnes, of course, said former D.C. at Memphis is going to be your co-D.C. and going to coach your safeties. Bell will coach your corners. And the fact that uh, Hutzler and Barnes have some extensive experience with special teams – they'll get together and kind of figure that thing out. Now, we may have a full-time special teams coordinator that also coaches outside backers, I guess, which kind of flies in the face of calling it full-time. But uh, it's going to depend on who that person is, right? When are they hired? I don't know. But we're one vacancy away from having Jeff Levy's first staff filled out. Now, a lot of people have come out and said, well, you know, Steve, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. And that's the thing. It doesn't matter what we all think. It's true because we're going to show up and we're going to support this team as long as they win, that's all we're going to be, that's all we're going to be concerned about. And, uh, and, and the thing that I've learned about this, it doesn't matter who we would have hired uh, as a defensive coordinator, there was going to be some level of criticism, right? If we joked about this when we hired Jeff Levy. We could have hired Nick but then half our fan base would say, well, hey, he's over the hill. You know, that's all part of the deal too. And so what I would just encourage you is have a little patience. Now I thought Colvin Hunter was a interesting pick as a defensive coordinator, but I don't know him. I, know I look at his background and see that he's coached extensively linebackers in the Southeastern Conference, and we talk a lot about play calling. Well, how involved has he been with play calling? When he was the coach DC at Texas, was he the primary play caller or not? I don't know. But here's one thing I will tell you: Zach Arnett had never called a play in his life until he showed up at Mississippi State, and we went down to LSU and beat the defending national champion, OSU Tigers, in their own backyard. That's the first game in Zach Arnett's career that he called plays. You know, before Rocky Long handled all that stuff. Now, of course, Zach, great pedigree, learned from one of the best coaches in the history of the game. So that's important. I just wanted that nugget to be out there because a lot of people are like, hey, but there's this and there's that. Zach Arnett had never called a play until that day. And there was some ebb and flow with Zach, but I thought Zach did a good job. And there's some big games out there Zach did exceptionally well. Offense didn't hold up their end of the deal. I'm still a Zach Arnett fan, and I wish him that guy the best. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that we understand that, that aspect of it. You got guys, and, and let's be honest, Coleman Hustler's been around the game longer than Zach has. And many of you wanted Zach to stay on and be the defensive coordinator. <laughs> right? How awkward would that have been? But uh, yeah, so Hutzler's your DC, and I, again, I, when we began, I got the tip about this time last week. I guess it was Thursday night or Friday morning that uh, one of the candidates Mississippi State was pursuing was coaching the game on Saturday, and I went through every single one of those teams that was playing, and the only two connections that I found were Randy Shannon and uh, Coleman Hutzler, and I thought, well, Coleman Hutzler's special teams coordinator at Alabama, he's not going to leave Alabama to go to Mississippi State for the same position. And it uh, turns out that uh, that's true. You've come as your defensive coordinator. So I just think it's time to get behind these guys and let's go. Let's go. You know, let's go. We've had so many things to complain about and worry about. And when we haven't had things to complain about, we've manufactured some, you know. And uh, I'm so ready for a sense of normalcy when it comes to Mississippi State football. I know you guys are feel, probably feel the same way. I just want to get excited and be able to go to Davis Wade Stadium and know that we have a chance to win every game. I want to go through recruiting and feel like, hey, I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about a coach leaving. And to be honest with you, I think our off-the-field staff has done a tremendous job kind of keeping this class at bay, and most of them will be officially visiting this weekend. And, again, that's going to be a little bit later in the show. We'll kind of preview the official visit weekend. But I'm not going to sit here and, uh, and pick this thing apart. You know, I, I begin to think about how I would do this. What, what if somebody said, hey, okay, hey, you, John Q. Bulldog, you're the new head coach at Mississippi State, and uh, here's the budget you have with which to work with to go put a staff together. Where would you start? Well, you, the, th- the first thing you're going to do is make the obvious hires first. You're going to hire the people that can build an infrastructure around you you're going to hire your inner circle. You're going to hire people that know how you do things because you don't want to have to hit the ground running and teach everybody everything. You want to be like, hey, i got to get out here and be a head coach for the first time. i got to surround myself with people that understand how I do things, what my expectations are. And that's what Jeff Lubby's done. He's gone out and hired people that he knows and trusts and understands will do a good job for him. And you know what? We, we went through all this before. You know, I go back to the whole Dan Mowen staff, and people forget that the university had to be involved. The athletic department had to be involved putting that staff together. That just hadn't been the case for Jeff Levy. Jeff's gone out and hired people. And that's one of the things, too. There's so many people out there, you know, over drinks one night or lunch one day on a recruiting trail. Hey, man, if you ever get a job, I'd love to be on your staff. It's easy to say that in passing. But to get people to leave other programs to come here sometimes can prove to be very difficult. All of a sudden, that guy's got to go tell the wife, hey, listen, we've got an opportunity to go to Starkville, Mississippi. Yeah, I know we live in this major metropolitan area, but we're going to go coach in the SEC. I know you've got to leave your friends behind. You won't be able to go play uh, tennis anymore, uh, you know, with the girls at the country club, but we're going to go to Starkville, Mississippi. Sometimes that's a tough sell. I love it here. I don't want to live anywhere else. it's amazing here. I like to vacation at the beach every now and again or go up to the mountains, but I wouldn't want to live there. I love living here. But for people that have never been here and don't have an experience here, they don't have a, any relationships here outside of a, a new employer, sometimes that can be difficult, especially for a first-year coach. And you go back and you look about you know, the Arnett stuff. And, and Arnett, in many respects, you know, because you had the nucleus back for the most part, You had to go out there and find some guys uh, to kind of supplement where you were maybe deficient. But uh, you go back and think how difficult it was at times last year to put this thing together. And by and large, you know, a lot of the people that we hired were people that we had relationships with at Mississippi State, not necessarily a relationship with Zach Arnett. Arnett didn't have a relationship with Chad Bumpus. Chad Bumpus was coming home. Arnett didn't have a relationship with David Turner. David Turner was one of our guys. And so it was a popular move, and it was a smart move, right? You know, most of you don't even know who Brett Dewhurst was last year. And I remember as soon as all this happened, we, we reported Dewhurst is going to be the safeties coach. People like, oh, no, no. Well, guess what? Dewhurst was the safeties coach. But you go back and think about the way the offensive line thing came together, right? You know, Schmidt and Zach Garnett are among the best friends in the world. So that's kind of like a Jeff Levy hire. You go out and hire somebody with a proven pedigree, a guy that you've got a relationship with, you know Will Friend didn't have a relationship with Zach Garnett you know Will Friend knew uh, Brad Peterson Will Friend knew us you know he knows Mississippi so you start piecing this thing together and if you look back really in hindsight most of these coaches last year that Zach Garnett had on staff are people he didn't really know and that's not to be critical of Zach I love Zach I do but you retain Darcel McBath right and you keep Matt Brock and you keep Eric Mealy but outside of that it's a bunch of new dudes that have never worked together, never worked in the same system. And you look back in hindsight and say, you know what, there probably was some, some issues with that. You know, Bumpett never worked in Kevin Barbet's offense. And, matter of fact, if memory serves me correct, Kevin Barbet was what the last offensive coach hired. Because we, we went and hired Will Friend, who was our friend, and we went and hired Schmidt, who was our Arnett's friend. We brought Bumpus home, who's a Mississippi State legend. We moved Tony Hughes over to Coach Running Backs. You know, so there was a lot of ebb and flow last year, and again, kind of a fragmented staff. And you look at this situation here with Jeff Labby, other than the retention of Bumpus and Turner, which again makes sense, right? But when you look at the rest of this, everybody has a working relationship with Jeff Labby. whether it be a year, two years, or more. These are people that understand what Jeff Lebby expects. And so I think in that respect, this staff really has a better chance, even though you're not inheriting the same roster you had last year, a veteran roster. But little did we know, you know that secondary was not going to come around. I don't know if it's coaching or recruiting or whatever, a combination of all of the above. But uh, yeah, things weren't good. They weren't. But I think when you bring in people that already have a working knowledge of your scheme, and you are the master of that scheme, you got a better chance of making this thing work. It's true. It, one of the most difficult things to do in life, you know, I, I say this all the time when I go somewhere, it makes, it's so much easier to get the job done when you don't have to introduce yourself. When people already know who you are and what you're about, those are the people you want to do business with and that's what Jeff Lubbe's doing business with. So I support the hires. I support the staff. Are there some things that concern me? Absolutely. Absolutely there are. But when you think about how life works, how relationships work within, you know, an organization, you need to have people that kind of already have a working knowledge of each other or at least what's expected of them. And you go look on this offensive side of the football. I mean, you know, every, just about everybody over there. You know, our guys that have worked with jeff levy before and some of them multiple times so a lot of oklahoma flavor uh, but uh yeah i'm ready for the staff to get finalized and it's important that they do so now because we've got official visitors coming in this weekend so we've got a lot of guys coming in getting outfitted for an official issue mississippi state adidas uh, pullover or hoodie or whatever and uh ready to get to work wearing the maroon and white that well, was one of the things that we had talked about in the infancy of the search. We had to have this stuff done. We had to have a staff in place before the portal opened. And for the most part, we did. And we had to have the staff filled out before official visitors came in. And we have, with one exception. So we're on track. We're on pace. I know things don't always move the way you want it to or go the way we, you expect them to do or expect them to go, but here we are. We got Jeff Levy hired the weekend of the SEC championship. He had the bulk of his staff ready before the portal opened, even though a lot of that stuff wasn't public yet. And then, um, you know, here we are. Here we are. And so we're off and running, and uh, now it's important to get this final hire made and have a great recruiting weekend because you only get two official visit weekends before the um, – december signing period open so you know we'll be full bore all weekend and, and uh let me just tell you this uh just so you know because you know some some recruiting writers of the past in this state uh, i'm not going to be down at rick's or in the cotton district or at some fraternity party or nothing like that i'm not going to be down there giving you guys dance reports or talking about oh so and so's having a good time they're do- no no i'm not going to go out there and stalk these kids not gonna do it. And if, if that's what you want, you're probably better spending your money somewhere else. Because I'm not gonna do that. I'm not 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 that I'm afraid to go to a bar and shoot some pool, but I'm sure we're not gonna be out there in the middle of uh, official visit weekends creeping on these kids. Not gonna do it. And I'm not gonna make up things too and pass it off as insider information, like some other people have. Uh, so we're gonna we preview the w- visit weekend, and uh, we'll cover our sports this weekend, and then we'll have. Uh, have official visit recaps on Sunday. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to getting this weekend behind us. I think this is the big one. There will be another big weekend next weekend, and it will be quite as big as this one. And next thing you know, man, it's going to be time to sign some papers. And then things will calm for a good bit. Of course, we'll have transfers that have until the drop ad date to show up. But there will be a lot fewer of those to cover and we've done our best to reach out uh, to everybody that's got to offer out a transfer portal from Mississippi State uh, and had some success, but we hadn't gotten everybody. A lot of these college kids are like, ah, I'm, I'm in the middle of finals or I'm finishing this up. or I'm just not going to do interviews until I make a decision. That all happens too. But once you get the staff finalized, and we're almost done there, you get through the December signing period, everybody has a chance to kind of take a breath. And then next thing you know, we're working through these final few transfer portal guys that um, will enroll for spring classes. And then things will chill for a bit, right? And and that needs to happen. I think this fan base needs a chance to exhale. It has been a wild, wild ride at Mississippi State for the last 14 months or so. It really has been. And so hopefully we'll have an opportunity now to – again like we open the show with find a sense of normalcy all right let's move ahead to our top 10 list brought to you as always by CloseWithBlair.com. with blair.com that's c-l-o-s-e with blair b-l-a-i-r blair is a mortgage professional listen you can go out there and you can get your car washed wherever you want to you know you can go eat you know a sandwich wherever you want to you can have somebody come out there and pressure wash your driveway if you want to but listen you know There's not a lot of variance between the good and the great when it comes to those issues. But when it comes to your mortgage, you need to entrust that in the hands of a true professional. And that's Blair Chandler. Blair's been doing this 22 years, back-to-back-to-back, top 1% close ratio in the country. Recently made the move to Priority One Mortgage because that's what happens when you're talented, man. People are always looking to recruit you. Blair's experienced that multiple times in his career because Blair's a closer, and coffee is for closers. If you ever see Blair, you can see that uh, he's constantly drinking a lot of coffee. Those red eyes kind of dead giveaway. But um, listen, we love Blair, and you will too. Give Blair a call or text today at at 601-500-2344. That's 601-500-2344. And just let them know your needs. Whether you're getting into a mortgage, uh, rates are beginning to come down, whether you're looking to refinance. I mean, there's a lot of things you can consider now. But to entrust your mortgage into the hands of just some fly-by-night company out there, it's just not good advice. So I'm going to advise you, give Blair an opportunity to serve you. No matter your needs, reach out to him. Whether you're an atypical uh, borrower with non-conforming issues, I don't know. But Blair has seen it all and done it all. And so rather than just kind of go through the phone book or go through Google, you know, trust me. We've had several Boneyard listeners that have had the opportunity uh, to uh, work with Blair and they come away very satisfied. All right, today's top ten list. So our friend Ryan Purser, you know Ryan, the front man for the very, very entertaining band out of Central Mississippi four-way stop, uh, they opened Rock Vegas. Yeah, when we did that show. How cool was that? They opened Rock Vegas. It was great. I was so glad to give those guys an opportunity to play. Uh, they, he just, they put a new, a new single together, and he sent it to me for uh, my listening pleasure. And uh, one of the things that stood out to me is it had a little Alice in Chains vibe to it. And you know how that works? Like, you start hearing some things, and you're like, oh, that, that, that just reminds me of this song. And then I'm right back into that wormhole, right, of Alice in Chains. And so I thought about You know, we've done Alice in Chains before. Uh, guys, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know what a big Chris Cornell fan I am. He is my favorite singer-songwriter of all time. But the guy's voice to me that really typified the early 90s is not Eddie Vedder and certainly not Kurt Cobain. It's Lane Staley. And, of course, Allison Janes, in many respects, really kind of birthed that Seattle scene on the mainstream because they'd gone out with Van Halen. You know, it was great. You know, the Melvins, of course, and uh, you know, Mudhoney those guys, you know, they, they were all the front runners of all of this. But Alice in Chains was really the first grunge band to make it. It's true. You know, Soundgarden already had some albums out. And, of course, you know, this revisionist history about Nirvana, I'm not going to chase a lot of time. Guys, the guys in Nirvana were going to see Alice in Chains and Soundgarden play before they had a record deal. True story. But I wanted to do something today about Lane, and I thought, you know, Lane Staley, it's one of the saddest stories in the history of rock and roll. I'm not going to go through this all with you, uh, but as you guys know, he met Demery Parrott, who was um, a model, incredibly beautiful, and, um, you know, she had done some adult magazines and things about nature, and uh, Lane, of course, was this very troubled soul, and uh, they've They fell together in many respects and fell in love, and uh, eventually he got her hooked on heroin, and she ultimately died. And he never forgave himself and just wilted away uh, to nothing. They said when he died, he was less than 100 pounds. Uh, But it's a tragic tale. I mean, it really is. And uh, there's a book out there called uh, Get Born Again by... Adrena Rubio out of Argentina. The family has rejected that because uh, she says that she interviewed Lane about three months before he died, even though he had told everybody in the family that he refused to do the interview. He was not going to be a part of it. The family, uh, mom and sisters, everybody thought this would be a great thing for Lane to kind of help pull him out of that depression. And uh, Lane's famous comment to his sister is if she wants to write a book about somebody, tell her to write one about herself. But uh, yet after he died, she allegedly came forth with this, quote, interview. But she would not release the tape, even to her own publisher, so people really doubt the veracity of that interview. They said he even um, repeated some quotes that he had given in earlier interviews and uh, used some of his own song titles and lyrics and things that he said, which made no sense. Uh, So if you're looking for a book really about Lane Stelly, pick The Angry Chair. That's one I would go with. Uh, But we're going to pay tribute today to Lane Staley, and uh, some of the songs here are songs that were written in tribute to Lane, also some rarities, and uh, some things that he collaborated on that maybe you don't know about. So again, we're celebrating Lane Staley, not a lot of Alice in Chains stuff on this list, just so you know. Number 10, from the band Cold, and you may know them from their hit song on Octane called Stupid Girl. Uh, But they they had a great song years ago called uh, The Day Seattle Died. And it's about Lane and, and in some respects, Kurt Cobain. And uh, not necessarily a very graphic song, but they're they're very honest in their portrayal of who those people were. But that's your number 10 song from Cold, The Day Seattle Died. Number nine, this song almost sounds like an Allison in Chains track, and I'm sure that's all by design. The harmonies, uh, the tuning, kind of that haunting uh, tone of voice. But it's from Stained. It's a track simply called "Lane." But if you've never heard it before and you put it on, you'll think that Lane Staley is singing on the chorus, and maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe they dug something up. You know, with the the the, the computers nowadays, you know, you can watch anybody perform and this hologram and all this kind of stuff. It's crazy how AI has uh, has kind of come forward. Number eight. We just celebrated the, uh, the birthday of Ozzy Osbourne. We did. Uh, one of the long, uh, probably the longest standing guitarist in the Ozzy Osbourne experience, Zach Wilde from Black Label Society, also uh, had a, um, a track in tribute to Lane Staley, also called Lane. I think that's off of um, Music for Hangovers, Volume 6 or something like that. But nevertheless, a nice tribute. One final tribute before we get into some things that um, are really more about Lane Staley and Alice in Chains at its core is um, number seven on your list from the band Roadcase Royale. And you say, Steve, who is that? What's Nancy Wilson's side project from Heart? Uh, the ladies in Heart were big Alice in Chains fans and big fans of Lane Staley. They did some work with them. And uh, Roadcase Royale released you know a little bit of side project album And a track called The Dragon, which is in tribute to Lane Staley. Really tuned down track, almost like a lullaby in some respects. Number six, it's reported this is the last song that Lane Staley recorded with Allison Chains. The last thing that he ever did with Allison Chains, ironically, is a song called Died. It's almost poetic in many respects. And uh, you can find that in the box set, the best of the box, whatever they call that. But uh, it's out there, it's available, and believed to be the last track that he ever sang on with Allison Chains. But the last song that he ever recorded uh, came uh, as part of a motion picture soundtrack for the movie The Faculty. And this was a super group called Class of 99. And it's Lane Staley, Tom Morello from Alice in Chains, Stephen Perkins from uh, Porno for Pyros. There were a couple other people in the band, but it was a super group, and they recorded Another Brick in the Wall Part two. And so while uh, in many respects it's kind of true to the original to hear Lane Staley sing that Pink Floyd classic, pretty impressive, pretty impressive. And uh, Morello does the Rage Against the Machine thing on it. If you've never heard the song, you probably should. It's a very, very interesting take on a classic track. But uh, Lane Staley, again, believed to be the last song he ever recorded. There was another one uh, that's out there from uh, Second Coming called Love Evil. That uh, The song uh, was actually entitled uh, It's Coming After, uh, but I couldn't find that on Spotify or, or iTunes, so we didn't use it. But uh, if you have that, it was an uh, independent release. What's interesting about that band is that that was the original Alice in Chains for the most part. And so there's one track that Lane sings on kind of to help those guys because once it used to be a hair metal band, contrary to popular belief. It's true. All right, number four. This is a cover song too, but uh, it's from the tribute to John Lennon. It's recorded by Mad Season. It's John Lennon's I Don't Want to Be a Soldier and it's absolutely great. It's not just one of those things you look at and say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's complimentary to what Lennon's work was. It's better. And I know some of my Beatle fans are listening like, that's sacrimony, Steve, or that's sacrilege. But I'm gonna tell you this, when you hear this live version of I Don't Wanna Be a Soldier of Mad Season, you're gonna say, you know what? It sounds like an original tune. It's amazing. That's your number four track from Mad Season. Again, a super group. Of course, Mike McRuddy from Pearl Jam was part of this thing. Uh, The Mad Season album from start to finish is very, very different than what you you know from Lane Staley and Alice and Chains and uh, worthy of your time and attention if you don't know it. Number three, pretty interesting track here. When Alice and Chains reunited, they released um, Black Gives Away to Blue. Of course, uh, Mike Starr, Lane Staley had moved on. It's just Sean Kenny and Jerry Cantrell. And uh, Mike Inez, of course, became a new bass player also of Ozzy Osbourne. He was on the No More Tears album. And then they uh, you know, brought in William Duvall to be the singer. And uh, William, close enough in some respects that he can pull the range off, but it's just weird to me to hear them perform the classics without Lane. And that's one of the reasons I just can't bring myself to go see him without Lane. And maybe that's weird. But, uh, but what's interesting is the first concert that Lane Staley reportedly ever attended was an Elton John show. And they said it so inspired him that he's like, that's what I want to do. I want to be a performer. And it's weird, too. Andrew Woods used to say the Blue Moves from Elton John was his favorite album. And he said, let me just say it just to be weird. But it was amazing that Elton John had such an impact on these people that eventually became the pioneers of the scene. And so finally, on, the, on the, the exit track, is Black Gives Way to Blue on that album. And Elton John plays the piano on that track. How amazing is that? Talk about things coming full circle. Be sure and check that one out. There's there's the regular version, but the piano mix with Elton John, I think, uh, kind of provides a little bit of a haunting reminder of what we've lost. Number two, and maybe just because of the fact, again, this is a cover. Uh, it's a Bob Dylan track, but, again, there's the connection between Lane Staley and Heart. And he sings, um, he shares vocals on the Bob Dylan cover "Ring Them Bells" on Heart. Heart's album came out in '93, and it uh, it's very reminiscent, I guess, of the time where we are today. And uh, it starts out with, um, you know, Anne with her amazing voice getting the thing started, and then eventually Lane joins in and uh, shares the lead vocals. And uh, it is a very, very haunting track it really is to hear him sing in that context is very different than what we've known before and you can really hear the purity in his voice but number one for me probably in my estimation the best song that lane staley was ever a part of outside of Alice in chains is river of deceit from mad season that was the big hit on that album so it's not like it's a hot take there But uh, I I can share with you, I guess a lot of it's because of the path of addiction and things of that nature and recovery. You know, we don't win enough. And when you have somebody like Lane Staley that has the resources and the finances to aid in his own destruction, that's what happens. You have a tortured soul that's been through something very traumatic and um, went to rehab several times, but he was just one of those people you couldn't reach. Um, So... I don't want to get anybody depressed today. I really just want to celebrate the music of Lane Staley, despite his tragic ending and uh, so many negative things that happened in his life. But uh, anytime we get a chance to celebrate him again, who I think is really the voice of grunge, and I think most people that were around during that time would agree, you know, Chris, the best songwriter and best performer, but the voice, to me, the voice that typifies that era, is Lane Staley. Hope you enjoyed the list. If you have ideas for the top ten lists, reach out and let us know. best way to do that is hit up Roy on Twitter at Dogmatic67. Roy does a great job for us. Uh, you know, no money, right? Just recognition, sure. Uh, and thank Roy for his contributions. Uh, you can find Roy on Twitter, again, at Dogmatic67 on Twitter. And find our great list on Spotify. I'm on all forms of social media, at Scout Steve R. Uh, if you're not following me on Twitter, what are you doing with your life? And I'm getting some messages wondering uh, when we're going to open the uh, True Rest Float Therapy Spa here in Starkville. We're very close. The uh, build-out is scheduled to be done uh, late next week. It may take them a few days longer, and then the pods will be here. Yeah, that's a big day. Pod delivery day is a big day. Uh, But, yeah, we're getting close. You can go ahead and go and order gift cards now. The best way to do that is to find us on Facebook at True Rest Starkville. We're also on Instagram, the wife doing a great job managing those social media platforms. If you don't do social media, email us directly at robertson at truerest.com and uh, you can get more information there. Let's also remind you to this next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution, Campus Bookmart, an absolutely outstanding place to do business. Uh, They carry all six of my books there. They have signed stock of everything. So while you're perusing their fine selections of Mississippi State merchandise, throw some books in your basket uh, and get that taken care of. You'll be glad you did that. Sure. Uh, The thing about it is Mississippi State hoodies are always in style. Mississippi State merch, always in style. No matter who the coaches are, no matter what the sports teams look like, we're proud of the Bulldogs. Rep the brand. As often as you can, you get your interlocking MSU gear there as well. It's a limited time only too. Hopefully, we'll bring that logo back full time. But uh, you, you don't need to delay in purchasing uh, those items. Go to campusbookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders. Orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bones absolutely incomplete all right let's talk about official visit weekend uh there could be some ebb and flow with this just to kind of put that out there for you could be some changes could be some additions could be some subtractions you know we'll see how it goes but uh as it stands today 19 official visitors expected and we will look to confirm anybody else as the day goes forward Uh, one of the big Big visitors this weekend is Daniel Hill of Meridian. Now, this is a recruitment that's been very interesting to follow. Daniel, of course, a Bulldog legacy, but for a while it appeared that State was somewhat hemmed up in this thing and not really uh, expected to be a factor, even though State made the final six. Uh, He's taken visits to Alabama, South Carolina, and Tennessee and is expected to visit Mississippi State this weekend. Uh, Once he gets on campus, we'll be happy to know. For sure. Uh, But Daniel Hill is a guy that uh, is being recruited as an athlete. Some people think he'd make a fantastic linebacker. I've heard he would really like to have the ball in his hands. Many of the schools recruiting him are recruiting him on the defensive side of the football. I think Mississippi State would give him the opportunity to play running back. And then we'll kind of go from there. But a very explosive player that uh, has ties to Mississippi State. Got to be on campus. Quarterback Michael Van Buren uh, out of Baltimore, Maryland, a former Oregon commitment. I understand Jeff Levy has uh, done a good job recruiting him, and uh, he'll take an official visit to Mississippi State this weekend. Not the biggest guy, but he's right at six feet, 185 pounds. Big, big, big arms for him. This is a guy that can really sling it. We're going to need a quarterback that can stretch the field vertically. Another one of the undeclared prospects on campus this weekend. J.J. Uh, Harrell has been true maroon to Mississippi State when he first announced for the Bulldogs. There were a lot of people on the Old Miss side of things that, hey, we'll flip him late. That really hasn't been the case. He has done a really good job continuing to carry the Mississippi State message uh, to other recruits. Uh, he's out there working on uh, Conan Daniels. There was discussion that he may be a part of things this weekend. As of now, he's not expected to visit. The Bulldogs will try to get him in next week, but that does appear to be Kind of an exercise in futility, but JJ doing his part to help. Now, JJ's running mate, Stonka Burnside, decommitted from Mississippi State some time ago. However, Stonka's expected to be on campus this weekend uh, with most of the Mississippi State commitments. And uh, he is going to announce his decision on January 3rd. We do expect him to sign with his school of choice in December. He has announced the final two of Mississippi State no miss. Uh, We're excited about him. I do believe that he will ultimately sign with Mississippi State. Uh, Got to get to work on some things. But, uh, yeah, we're optimistic that he is going to be a Bulldog when it's all said and done. The uh, defensive player of the year for his classification in Mississippi is Terrence Hibbler out of Holmes County Central. Had a chance to watch him play earlier this year against uh, Gentry, Indianola Gentry. And, uh, you know, kind of took him a while to kind of get going. But once he got going, he was great. Big numbers this year. Not selected to the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, and we'll be down there next week uh, to cover uh, practice, uh, a couple of practice sessions down there. And while Hilder won't be a part of that, he will be part of the All-American Bowl. That, uh, he'll be making the uh, trip to San Antonio. So he'll be unavailable to visit anyone next week. That game is going to be played, I believe, on Monday, uh, a week from this coming Monday. And so he'll visit Mississippi State this week. He is expected to sign in December uh, without any fanfare. Mario Craver is a four-star wide receiver from Clay Chalkville High School over in Pinson, Alabama. Uh, now, he is going to play in the state championship game tonight against Saraland, Land, and so he will be a late arrival, probably be a Saturday arrival, give him a chance to uh, celebrate with his teammates should they win the state championship. But uh, this is a guy that was expected to commit to Mississippi State prior to Zach Garnett getting fired. He was on track to do it. Matter of fact, we were expecting the commitment the Monday that they did fire Zach Arnett. But a four-star wide receiver out of Alabama. I think actually this offensive system lends itself more to his skill set than the previous one did. But uh, he'll be on campus this weekend at some point, and again, a later arrival. Timothy Lewis at one time was considered the top offensive tackle in the country out of IMG, originally from uh, the Madison area. Uh, kind of a surprise commitment to Mississippi State. He's remained true maroon through the process. We'll see what happens next weekend. Uh, but we do feel good about where things stand with him. We look forward to talking to him on Sunday once his official visit is complete. Uh, but that's a very, very important commitment for Mississippi State. Uh, Tied-in prospect Jacory White. I had a chance to go see him uh, out at McAdory High School earlier this year in a game that they won. He had a big touchdown catch in that game not a lot of guys, his size have the dexterity that he does. You see a lot of guys that are really big uh, and filled out in high school that have this carry this level of stiffness. Now they'll trim him up a little bit, but this is a true tight end prospect. And uh, again, a guy that his mom was very elated, that he chose Mississippi State, not too far from home. They can be a part of the experience and uh, eager to hear what he has to say at the conclusion of his visit. Xavier Gate out of Brookhaven, also going to be in town. Always wanted to play at Mississippi State. Uh, His coach told me during the uh, summer workouts he would ride his horse to campus at Brookhaven High School and go through summer workouts with his horse. If there was ever a kid uh, better suited for Mississippi State, I don't know who it would be. Uh, Gayden a huge year this year at running back uh, for the Panthers. And uh, they got off to a slow start, but he really got going, and the team kind of followed his lead. Uh, Spoke to Heinz Community College linebacker Brandon Jennings earlier this week. Uh, He is going to be on campus and, again, appears to be ready to go. He has been very impressed with his conversations with Jeff Levy. Uh, Brandon Jennings, an ultra-productive linebacker, led Heinz Community College in tackles this year, and with Buki Watson and Jed Johnson, Deshaun Page all moving on. State has some needs for uh, linebackers Immediately. Uh, San Frisco McGee. I have loved this kid's game since the very beginning, and not just because his name is San Frisco. This kid can really play, great body control. He can elevate, plays well outside the numbers. Uh, There are so many guys out there that can't really take ownership of the football. Uh, He is one of those guys that has really elite ball skills. A former Ole Miss commitment, he decommitted from the Rebels last weekend. Of course, they'll call it a drop. It wasn't. But – Mississippi State's always kind of been in this guy's heart. We expect him to announce for the Bulldogs this weekend, uh, if not shortly thereafter. Mississippi State commitment Johnny Daniels, the second leading ground gainer in the NJCAA this year. Also set to visit a product of Crystal Springs, Mississippi. Uh, A guy that has a lot of respect around the junior college ranks. You talk to players, you talk to uh, coaches, they'll tell you, uh, don't let his 5'10 size fool you. He plays much bigger One of the clips that I thought was amazing on his film is uh, he gets outside there and there's a linebacker and he basically tells a linebacker to bring it and he runs through the guy. I like guys that play with an edge. T.J. Lockhart, big weekend for him last week. He and Fred Clark both of Winona will be on campus this weekend. Both committed to Mississippi State. Both earned All-State honors last week and then won the first ever state championship in Winona High School history. Uh, TJ is the guy that told me he was never worried even through the coaching change because he knew where he wanted to go regardless of who the coach is. He is projected to play an offensive guard position in the new, new scheme. Uh, he's certainly open to that. Fred Clark, a very ultra-productive linebacker for Winona this year, uh, has also said, you know what, I'm good. Uh, after the coaching change, Auburn and some others tried to kind of test the resolve of his commitment. I think he's undervalued at an 85 I've done my best to try to fix that, but, you know, we'll see how things go. It's not going to in any way impact who he is as a player once he gets to Mississippi State. All right, Samir Camacho is a new name to the Bulldog recruiting radar, also expected to play offensive guard. At a South si Falls High School in Houston, Texas, he is a guy that has a relationship with new Bulldog ends coach John Cooper. Uh, Cooper, of course, uh, played at Oklahoma and then spent last year at North Texas So uh, this is one of those things, hey, one of the first phone calls I make are to you. Uh, Samir is a guy that visited Texas State last weekend, tentatively expected to visit TCU next weekend. However, he says that John Cooper is the uh, closest relationship that he has in his recruitment. Uh, True Maroon Bulldog Luke Work, again, another guy that was going to come to Mississippi State regardless of the coaching change, uh, never wavered. I mean, really the whole situation with Luke was that he was initially offered by mason miller under mike leach then there is that change right and so then will friend comes in they honor the offer they get him to commit the night of big dog camp and then there's another coaching change and now john cooper and um, coach cody kennedy you know have elected hey we're going to stick with this so this is now three offensive line coaches that have been involved in luke works a recruitment to mississippi state luke again has recruited some for state also a guy that's, Headed out to the All-American game uh, with uh, Terrence Sibler. Uh, a new addition to the list is Q Tillman. Q Tillman is an athlete out of West Point. A lot of people will tell you he is uh, one of the secrets behind their success. State has talked to him about playing the H-back position. He's a guy you can move around much bigger kid, 6'2", 220, but carries that weight really well. When he's padded up, he really looks like a load out there. Uh, so he'll be a part of your visit weekend. Now, Justin Ball, the tight end from Vanderbilt, Also expected uh, to be here. I had a chance to talk to him last night. Uh, We'll talk to him again on Sunday. Uh, He is a guy that uh, has done some pretty cool things so far. Uh, Not a ton of pass catches to his uh, credit, but uh, he is a guy that can make things happen. Justin Ball, uh, a guy also very close to Mike Wright, so I'm sure Mike Wright will be a big part of uh, his visit weekend. And then there's Ethan Miner. Uh, not the biggest guy at center, but a guy that's been ultra productive in his college career, especially last year. Uh, you know, and again, a great relationship with John Cooper. And the more you hear about John Cooper from recruits, the better you feel about that hire. But Ethan's a guy that's married already. He's got four dogs. Had a chance to interview him yesterday. And uh, it'll be a huge surprise if he's not a bulldog when it's all said and done. And you think about State's immediate needs at center, and this makes perfect sense. Cole Smith is exhausted his eligibility. Stephen Lasoya is in the portal. I'm hearing that uh, Baylor may end up offering him. Right? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So Stephen Lasoya, uh, possibility that he's back, but a possibility that he's not. He's in the portal and uh, kind of seeing what his options are. The thing that I would say about guys that go in the portal, I I don't ever... uh, Blame people for trying to better themselves. But I think it's a real gamble. If you think I'm going to go on the portal and find out what's available to me, and if I'm not happy, then I'll pull out and stay at Mississippi State. I don't know that I would take that gamble with a brand new coaching staff. You don't have a relationship with these guys. They're not going to be recruiting you to stay. They're going to be recruiting your replacement to come in because they they don't know if they can trust you. And that's an important aspect of all this thing. But uh, yeah, as it stands today, right now, it's uh, 19 visitors. And, again, there's a couple other names out there that we might bring in. And, uh, of course, they've got to get everything on file before they, they come today. So uh, it's tough to make arrangements for all that stuff at the last minute. And there is, again, another weekend. So a uh, big, big, big weekend. A lot of names on, on campus that could make a difference in this football program. And it's important to understand, too, a lot of these kids in Mississippi, the ones that are going to be playing the Mississippi Alabama All-Star game next weekend – this is their only opportunities to visit. The Mississippi Alabama All-Stars will report to Camp Shelby on Tuesday. Yeah, so they're going to get there on Tuesday, and then the game is on Saturday. Well, the dead period begins on Monday. So in the event they do take a day trip somewhere, it's not going to be like the big weekend they're going to have this weekend. The way the calendar is set up is kind of funky right now, which is another reason why you begin to think about guys that are visiting this late in the process or guys that are very serious about your football program. So if you're of Burnside, when are you going to visit Ole Miss? That's interesting to, to discover, right? Does he do it Monday? Does he do it Sunday? You know, a few years ago after mississippi alabama All-Star Game, there were a lot of people connected to the mississippi alabama All-Star Game were trying to get Cam Akers up to Ole Miss that Sunday, Tried to get uh, Jaheim Otis up there. You know, there, there's a lot that goes on. So it's never one of those situations you just kind of assume things are over. But it is interesting the way the calendar sets up that um, like your guys are from East Mississippi Community College, like Mississippi State uh, recruiting a handful of those guys that are expected now to visit next weekend because of the fact that they are playing for a Niffel championship on Wednesday. right? So they're not going to be visiting anywhere this weekend because of the fact they're making preparations to go uh, play for a Nel title. So they'll just have the one weekend to visit. And uh, that's going to be Mississippi State. And, of course, uh, you know, you've got a couple guys committed. Tyler Woodard, of course, and A'shaun Shepard. And there's Marcus Ross. You hope to get him in next week. Uh, Also, Mississippi State extended an offer just last night. Coach Barnes, right to work. The first phone call he makes to a recruit is to Keaton Thomas, linebacker from Northeast Mississippi Community College. He is originally a product of Jacksonville, Florida. Offered yesterday. Couldn't get him in this weekend. believe he's headed to Baylor this weekend and then he'll be at Mississippi State next weekend Uh, so again I don't expect you know around 20 guys next week but I think it's going to be another interesting week and there's some guys of course that are not on this week week's visit list like Matt Mayfield uh, is not on the list Uh, Tyler Carter is not on the list so that's something that we'll monitor here in the days ahead and I would say you know don't be surprised at anything there now, one of the things initially you start thinking is sometimes you want to split your commitments to come in one weekend to have them help recruit the non-committed, and then have the other half come in. Sylvester Croom and Dan Mullen both did some of that uh, from time to time. you like to have some guys out there that uh, will be a part of it. Of course, there will also be some guys next weekend that will take unofficial visits back to Mississippi State because they've, you know, they've got friends here. They can have opportunities you know, to stay. Now, Jaquan Bolden was expected to visit this weekend, but tragically – Uh, That family lost an aunt and an uncle, and that uh, funeral was this weekend. So, Bolden will visit nowhere this week and take a midweek visit to Mississippi State beginning on Wednesday, December the 13th. In addition to that, uh, there is some discussion that Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel, will be at Mississippi State early next week, Monday or Tuesday, I'm hearing more likely on Monday. Now, you may recall the day that he went into portal. within minutes, people were saying, well, he's going to Oregon. I was told that day, and I continue to hear, that he is going to take a couple of visits before he makes a decision. At the very least, he'll come see Jeff Lebby and see what Jeff Lebby's got planned here at Mississippi State. He's expected to be to Oregon this weekend, uh, and he will come to Mississippi State on Monday, and then the staff will have the opportunity to focus solely on him. You'll have some guys on the road, uh, but Jeff Lebby and the offensive staff can be around On Monday to ensure that they can give him the attention that he deserves. And, of course, there's a relationship there. I mean, uh, Dylan Gabriel played at Central Florida for Jeff Levy and played at Oklahoma for Jeff Levy. So it's not like a situation where uh, we're just kind of walking into this thing blind. I mean, these are people that understand the concepts and the lingo because they've spoken the same language before at multiple locations. So I'm not ready to call Dylan Gabriel to Mississippi State, but I do think Mississippi State is in a very good position with him. And, of course, there's Kyle McCord of Ohio State. I'm told that he is expected to visit Mississippi State at some point next week. I haven't confirmed the dates yet, uh, but that's a, a big-time prospect. And, so and of course, there's a lot of people out there that are talking about Mississippi State in connection with some other guys. Uh, State is going to sign a portal quarterback. And people say, well, what does that mean for Chris Parson? Well, it means that Chris Parson gets a chance to learn the system for a year and then play some when he needs to. There are a lot of people out there that uh, maybe have kind of escalated the uh, situation with Chris – And maybe a little bit unfair to him. This is a guy that's got to learn. This is a guy that's got a big arm. He's ultra-talented, and we do expect big things from him. But uh, he's got to go through spring. I mean, you got to think our coaching staff doesn't know him. And so you got to go out and get a stopgap guy, and you've got to go out and get a high school guy. Now, there's been some discussion that State may take two quarterbacks out of the portal and may the best man win i don't think you can do that with dylan gabriel unless you are even mccord for that matter i think that they've got to know up front hey this is a chance for me to come in here and be the guy now anybody else that sees a portal quarterback worst hit worth his salt that sees dylan gabriel or mccord go to mississippi state they're going to think i need to go somewhere else because i want to play i want to go somewhere and hold a clipboard or signal in plays and you go out and get a younger guy too to kind of balance the depth chart you know that's an important aspect of all this stuff too i mean you know uh, you know Josh Flowers no longer a member of your class and so you don't want to get too top heavy you've got to have some balance and allow some guys to come along and develop so you're not so reliant on a portal moving forward when it comes to quarterbacks uh, but that's where things sit today and uh, everything that we did this week we'll do again next week it's a different cast of characters but uh, we'll be working through the official visit recaps on Sunday we'll do that over at jeanspage.com uh, and and. Yeah, we typically get everybody, but sometimes it may take us a day or two. But uh, we're going to do all we can to get as many of those interviews up on Sunday and certainly by Monday. But the ones of the undeclared prospects are the ones of the the greater sense of urgency, right? So we're going to do our best to get that information out to you as quick as we can on Sunday. But we're excited about it. It's a lot of work, uh, but it's a lot of fun, and I know it's fun for you all. And uh, you know, one of the things that one of the first. Uh, Things that we try to do is confirm if we're any new commitments on Sunday, and typically those commitments are made on Sunday as part of the exit interview. So as soon as we get that, even if we don't get the player on the phone right away, uh, we'll do our best to share that with you. And uh, more times than not these days, uh, young people are taking control of their own announcement, and they'll get a graphic together, and they'll tweet that out, and then that's it, you know. And then we'll get some reaction. But yeah, we do expect there to be some action. I think San Francisco McGee will commit to Mississippi State on Sunday. I think that's going to happen. Uh, we'll see what happens to Michael Van Buren. Uh, but I do think you'll add some new commitments. I think, uh, I think this Ethan Minor thing, the center for North Texas, I think that's just a matter of time because of the relationship with Cooper. And he mentioned, too, the fact that he'll be at uh, North Texas, he's like 10 and a half hours away from his in laws, he will be five hours or five and a half hours away. Uh, This go around. So that's a factor. He's also expected to visit Arkansas next week, but uh, that may not happen. That may not happen at all. And so those are things to watch. But uh, there'll be next week, I think there'll be a lot more transfer guys. And of course, those guys, too, uh, the the official visits for transfer guys. It's a little more interesting because of the fact that uh, they have longer like they don't sign a national letter of intent in December. And that'll be the discussion on the Facebook groups. I'm just going to go ahead and prepare you. So I need your help to educate those that don't listen to the show or read the website. When we get through the December signing period and we don't have a bunch of sign, transfers sign because they don't have to sign, that's going to be the discussion in the Facebook group. So like, hey, we've had all these guys leave. Like just yesterday, DeCarlos Nicholson announced he was going in the portal. Uh, you know, and that's – you know, same thing for Corey Ellington. We, we've been hearing for a while Corey Ellington was the guy that was looking to leave. But, uh, but that's what people know is the declarations from guys that are leaving. And then it's like, why don't we have anybody – well, the portal just opened on Monday. But as we get into December, people need to understand that what closes out the recruitment of a transfer prospect is his enrollment at Mississippi State. And it's so funny, too. I, I love the revisionist history that some people have. Guys, we had to fight Miami off on Marcus Banks until the day he left Texas to come to Mississippi State. He was committed to us, but they continued to work behind the scenes to try to get him to come to Miami instead of Mississippi State. That's a true story. And uh, anybody that suggests otherwise is just poorly sourced on the topic. And so this is one of those situations It's run like, well, like college baseball where you make a decision everybody leaves you alone. Uh, when you're a transfer, a guy just shows you who you got to beat. So that's an important aspect of things. There will not be transfers that sign in December. They may announce, but they can't sign in December. That's not, not part of the process. And there are a lot of people that are ignorant of the process, and I don't mean that negatively. There is people that don't understand. And yet those are the people that go, they'll just start bashing Mississippi State. Well, we've had you know, nine guys leave in the portal, but we haven't signed anybody. Well, you know, those guys hadn't signed either. So I just say that to prepare you for that because that's going to be the discussion and you're going to be well ahead of the curve because you'll be able to respond to their nonsensical comment and say, well, yeah, it's because they don't sign in December. They just simply enroll in January. So that's a part of it. But I understand, too, that we, you know, we have had to fight some major battles down the stretch for transfer guys um, even after they've declared for Mississippi State. So bear that in mind as we kind of move forward. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. If you're looking to bring a big group to Starkville, look no further than the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Just Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse. It comes right up. You can go to their Facebook page, and you can look through the pictures of that fine property. Five bedrooms, man. Great size common areas. You also have the wet bar there. That great fire pit outside where you can just kind of sit and recreate after a long day's work or a good night at the ballpark, right? Just five minutes from campus. Listen, if you're bringing your family to town, instead of getting five hotel rooms or four hotel rooms or whatever you want to do and spend more money than you should, you should invest in a weekend or a week at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. I have toured the property. It is absolutely amazing. We're going to use it too the next time all of our kids come to town because we want everybody under one roof. That way, uh, the bride can make some cinnamon rolls for breakfast for everybody. Have those grandkids come out there all sleepy-eyed in their pajamas and Grandmama or DD, we call her Didi. She can take care of them, right? It's great. Uh again, book through the Evolve website. Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse, but book through the Evolve website. We'll save you a little money. Use promo code BSR10. That gets you 10% off your stay. You never knew just by listening to the show, you could be educated informed, and informed to entertained, but also save a little money. Yeah, we also do that for you too, whenever we can. Thanks for being a loyal Balnyard listener. And again, book through the Evolve website, Stark Vegas Clubhouse, promo code BSR10. All right, a couple more things we want to talk about before we get out of here. Uh, Chris Jans and the Bulldogs back in action tomorrow morning. That's a 10:30 tip. So as soon as you get it, sleep in, get up, get a cup of coffee, turn the ball game on. Bulldogs really, really, really need a win. Tough week last week. Still not over. <laughs> that loss to Southern. It just absolutely blows my mind. But this Tulane team is no joke, guys. They're six and one. It's not we're not we can't just show up and win. Uh, Tulane knocked off Nichols earlier this year, 91-81, and then Northwestern State 88-71. A lot of uh, Louisiana flavor in that early part of the schedule. They played in the SoCal Challenge and took down Sacramento State 92-57. Bradley got them eighty to seventy-seven for their long loss on the year, and they nip Cal 84-81. Uh, just last week, they blew out Prairie View A and M, 98-77, and won at Fordham, up in New York, New York, 89-81. And they will uh, take on your Bulldogs again Saturday morning, 10:30 tip, Stark Vegas time. Let's take a quick look inside the numbers here, uh, just so you kind of know what to be aware of. You know, I mean, it's we can't we can't Ill, Ill afford to overlook anybody but uh, Max Bowman is a guy that uh, has done some pretty good things for them at times uh, as a reserve but by and large he has uh, just been kind of a mop-up guy but uh, when you begin to look at these numbers here uh, Colby King cyan James uh, Colin Holloway have all been regular starters Jalen Forbes also in the mix there looking at their season statistics here uh, you know pretty interesting. Dynamic here. They have five players averaging double figures or more. So, you know, double figures or more. Five guys in double figures. Nobody's averaging triple digits, Steve. But it is very much a starting five that can score. It is going to be a high-scoring game more times than not. Mississippi State plays some defense. This is going to be a real challenge for us. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Colby King averaging 14.7 points a game. Cyan James, 15. Colin Holloway, 14.3. Jalen Forbes, 11.7. But leading scorer, Kevin Cross, 19.5. Yeah, Max Bowman hadn't been the factor. I thought I look a little bit closer at my notes here. But uh, Colby King, also a guy that would get out and make you pay on the perimeter. 17 steals. Defensively, Cyan James with 13. Three-point shooting, Cyan James, 52%. Kevin Cross, 54%. So we're going to have to get out and defend the perimeter. These guys can play. There's no question about it. This is a two-lane team uh, that has had some success early. And You can talk about quality of competition, but they've been able to go on the road and put some points on the board. Uh, so, yeah, it's a neutral side game, but they're pretty uh, you know, pretty much abreast of that. They can handle that. We've got to play. <laughs> Simple as that. And uh, they have been very good in the first half, but even better in the second half, uh, averaging, uh, or, or excuse me, scoring 50 more points in the second half than they have in the first, and uh, consistently giving up about the same amount in the first and second half defensively. But they're a team that uh, can stretch you defensively and make you defend the whole court. So we're not going to be able to just sag on one guy because of the fact that these guys can get out and go. 88 points a game. That's what this team is averaging. So anybody expecting us to turn on a game tomorrow and say, okay, we'll be okay. Guys, we're going to have to bring a great effort to win this ball game. Uh, the women are back in action on Monday. We'll talk a little bit about that game against Kennesaw State then. I wanted to spend the last few minutes we have here together uh, really in tribute to everybody involved with the Ron Polk Ring of Honor. Now, it is just a three-member class this year, but there is one member of this class that I'm even – more excited about than the rest. All of them very worthy. You've seen the great job that the university did uh, with the big reveal as Bobby Reed makes it into the ring of honor. And uh, he said himself, I've been waiting on this call for a long time. I finally got it. There were a lot of people involved in that 89-90 run with Mississippi State that were really big advocates for Bobby Reed. Guys, he was as dominant as anybody in a Southeastern conference. There's no question about that. I mean, just a guy that just did an absolutely phenomenal job for us from '88 to '90. Led the NCAA and earned run average at 1.09 during the '88 season. How about that? Uh, up until recently, he held the state record for consecutive scoreless innings at 25 and a third. At 22 starts, led it all three seasons. He was a freshman All-American in '88, second-team All-SEC selection. Uh, In both 88 and 90, how he didn't get first team in 90, I'll I'll never fully appreciate. But uh, was drafted by the Texas Rangers in the third round once his time at Mississippi State was done. Never made it to the show, but a huge part of our Bulldog history. Jim Ellis, the voice of the Bulldogs uh, going in this year. Uh, This needed to happen, and I'm glad this happens. Uh, you You know, Jim is at the end of his career, but at the same time, I'm so glad that we're able to recognize him while he's still active in his service. Now, the name, again, I'm absolutely in favor of both of these guys going in. But um, Buddy Meyer is going in. And uh, one of the things that I have tried to do in recent years is to uh, you know shine the light on some of these legacy guys, guys that are uh, dead and gone. Most of our fans today have no clue who they are. Uh, Buddy Meyer, the only Mississippi State baseball alum that has more years of Major League service than Buddy Meyer is a guy named Rafael Palmero. Yeah, more years than Will Clark, more years than Bobby Thigpen, more years than Jeff Brantley, more years than Mitch Moreland. It's incredible. And a lot of our people don't, and that's what happens. That's one of the reasons I love writing these books, is to pay tribute to some of these players that maybe generations have, have forgotten because we get caught up in recency bias, we do, we all, we all do it. And uh, not to mention, we've got to take care of some of these legacy guys. Um, you know, we always have like one a year. I'm still a proponent, nobody's listening to me, but I'm still a proponent, let's do a legacy class and kind of get caught up. we still got to get William Jennings, we still got to get um, Willie Mitchell in there. There's a handful of guys that I could certainly stand on the table and defend. But Buddy was on my list. I had a half dozen names that I really, really wanted. And I had somebody ask me earlier this year, who's the one guy you'd have to have? And I said, well, I would start William Jennings, but if I couldn't get Jennings, I'd get Buddy Meyer. And we got Buddy Meyer in, kids. We did. Uh, Buddy Meyer, and uh, I'll tell you, I probably know more about his story than the university does. Uh, Buddy Meyer from Jones County, Mississippi. He's from Eville. He played at Mississippi State under professional contract. That's how good he was. There was no amateurism certification back there. There was no collective bargaining agreement. But his mother was uh, very much into education. I believe she was a school teacher, And uh, she wanted him to get his education before he went and played pro ball. So he signed a pro contract with the senators and then played at Mississippi State. That's how good he was. Played second, short, and third. Went on to the major leagues, and the Senators and the Yankees with Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth had these legendary rivalry games. Buddy was a big part of that. Buddy was the American League batting champion. One year he was the American League stolen base champion. Buddy Meyer belongs in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. It's not going to get there. And uh, there are some reasons behind it, I think. Uh, You know, Buddy was also a guy that uh, was raised in a Jewish family, And if you've seen the movie 42, and I I won't look up the name, but you remember the uh, the coach that gave so much uh, drama in that in that movie. I mean, it's just it's incredible to think about that. You know that there was the the things that um, that took place. And I love the movie. If you don't know, it's the Jackie Robinson story. But the same coach that gave uh, Jackie so much trouble with all the racial epitaphs when he was a player buddy meyer was the subject of his disdain when it came to anti-semitism and so there was this big brouhaha that broke out and um, he had spiked buddy meyer in the first game of a double header and buddy had kind of let the media know he better not do it again well sure enough he's at first base and there's a ground ball to double play ball and meyer even touches the bag at second and goes into the grass well this guy like s- swerves inside and spikes meyer and a, a fight breaks out and Meyer beat him to death, nearly. Uh, Meyer wins the fight. He gets ejected from the ball game. The, the, the brawl went all the way up into the stands. And when it was all over with, Buddy Meyer walked off to a standing ovation as the Washington Senators crowd uh, rose in respect for him standing up for himself. And not to mention the fact they hated the New York Yankees. But um, a phenomenal big league player, a phenomenal college player. Uh, believed to have hit the first Grand Slam in school history to beat Ole Miss. This guy's a dude, man. Played for us 1922 to 1924 and then began his professional career. And again, the only Bulldog with more years of Major League service is Rafael Palmero. Played until 1941, and according to the numbers here, 7,038 at-bats. Was a career 303 hitter. Had an on-base percentage of 389. Hit 38 home runs, but you know, he was mainly known as being an elite defender. He was a two-time All-Star in 35 and 37, and again the American League Stolen Base Champion in 1928. Uh, won the batting crown in 35. Guys, think about this. He played 17 years of Major League Baseball and hit over 309 times. And so thank you to Saunders Ramsey and Ron Polk and Joe Deere and everybody involved with the Ron Polk rig of honor. Buddy Meyer deserves to be a part of this. And I'm so incredibly grateful that these folks are willing to listen about some of these legacy players. And, and uh, we have such a proud baseball history. As I've shared many times, there's so many people that think we began playing baseball in 1985. We actually began in 1885. And there were a lot of those guys out there that laid the foundation for what we enjoy today. And it's so amazing to see Mississippi State honor their legacies. It's so incredibly important. We have so much to be proud of. And I can only begin to imagine the descendants of Buddy Meyer attending that ceremony in the Ackerson Plaza to see Buddy Meyer finally recognized at the university that he loved and played for so diligently. It is such a wonderful thing to see this happen. And uh, I'm just happy to be a small part of it. And uh, ultimately, it's not my decision you know, all I do is say, I'll stand on a table for these guys and say, hey, these guys need to be in. Uh, but I think, again, what a great job, what an, a worthy inclusion into the Ron Polk Ring of Honor. And I'll be honest with you, there have been so many players that have been inducted. This one means a little more to me. I'm just going to be honest about it. It does. Because, again, it's a chance for us to celebrate our Bulldog past. Uh, it is the Ron Polk Ring of Honor, so primarily most of those players are going to be guys who played for Ron Polk or played more recently. But I'm glad that there is room in that ring of honor for a guy like Buddy Meyer that was an electric player that, you know, celebrated at Mississippi State. In addition to that, was a guy that um, spent a lot of time. Spent a lot of time playing pro ball. It's amazing to think about. And Buddy was a guy, too, that he played for a guy, you know, named Duty Noble. Yeah, I mean, just think about that for a second. I mean, he was the starting shortstop for three years under Duty Noble. And uh, again, this is Bulldog royalty. This is absolutely Bulldog royalty. And I'm so incredibly grateful that um, Mississippi State is honoring Buddy Meyer. And uh, I look forward in the years to come that uh, we can do, have these same conversations about Willie Mitchell and, and William Jennings and a few other people. But um, I think it's, again, you know, I, I'm nosy, right? I'm, I'm the kind of guy, I love Mississippi State. And I like to kind of know what's happened behind the scenes before I was born and that's one of the reasons that I've written Stark Villains and Alpha Dogs, and we'll do another book like that eventually. But uh, it's important to recognize our history. And Buddy Meyer is a big part of our Bulldog baseball history, and uh, we should always celebrate those players. We should. and I know you agree. And, and, and the, well, the thing that excites me the most is there are many people now that are really learning of Buddy Meyer the first time, and they're like, hey, who is this? And I'm so grateful that his story will be told now. To new generation. a matter of fact, we're going to include some comments about Buddy Meyer uh, in the upcoming doc, uh, documentary, in the biography of Duty Noble uh, called The Dude. That's coming up uh, next year. And so Buddy Meyer will be a part of that. And uh, it makes me happy that I can include in that book that Buddy Meyer was uh, recognized as a Ron Polk Ring of Honor inductee in 2024. Pretty amazing stuff. All right, let's get ready to get out of here again. Uh, thanks so much for your support. Uh, we've had a big few days over jeanspage.com. It's a busy stretch for us, and uh, for the next couple of weeks, you know, we're going to be running wide open uh, as we get through December signing day, and then things will again things will calm a little bit. Uh, but let me also remind you too. Listen, I get it. You know, some people think the bloom is off the rose a little bit for Mississippi State men's basketball. I still believe in this team. And uh, you go get a win tomorrow against a surging, high-scoring two-lane team, I think you can start feeling good about the team again. Uh, but let's not bail, okay? Let's not just, oh, well, you know, things aren't going the way that I wanted to, so I'm going to tune out. This team needs your support. If you can get to Humphrey Coliseum, you should. I, I love what we've, we've done with the concourse. Uh, it-, it looks a lot better. Is it uh, maybe everything we wanted? No, it's not. But it is so much better than it was. And I love walking around there and kind of seeing these things out there, uh, us kind of recognizing some history, uh, but also, too, giving our players today and in the future the opportunity to do some amazing things right here in Starkville. All right, keep up with us over Jeans Gene's Page throughout the weekend as we cover these official visits. And, uh, of course, uh, Justin Frommer will be heading over to uh, Atlanta today to cover that ball game uh, against Tulane, so we'll have full coverage of that game as well. No matter what you're doing this weekend – I wish you the best. It is a payday for you today, more likely than not. And so I hope you get out and do some things that, uh, that bring you and your family joy. Uh, and again, thanks so much for everybody that supported the new book. Uh, it's pretty amazing, too, that uh, I got a message earlier from my friend Clay Edwards that Ashley Jones from the Swamp People on the History Channel uh, has read the book or is reading the book and is very excited about the book. And she made a nice post on Facebook. Those are things I never expect to happen. Uh, But yeah, when the bottom falls, the response has been overwhelming. And I'm very grateful to each and every one of you that's bought the book. I've had so many people that have messaged me that the book has helped them already. Uh, Probably one of the um, most emotional parts of all of this is I had a guy that uh, asked me to sign his book uh, for his son that uh, he lost to addiction. And uh, that really drove it home to me how important it was to write this book. And guys, if I can make it two more days... more days. I'll be 32 years clean and sober. And uh, again, I'm not special. I'm just kind of stubborn in the right way. So uh, if you need help, you need prayer, you need encouragement or whatever, if you're you're battling through this, you feel free to reach out to me. I'll always respond. I may not be as timely as I'd like to be, uh, but I remember a time in my life when I just needed somebody to talk to or needed somebody to listen and understand and read what I had to say. And uh, that's really the purpose of writing this book is um, it's not about praising me. It's about praising recovery. You know, because I was a hopeless drug addict, and now here you are listening to me talk about my favorite team, our favorite team, and talking about, uh, you know, advocating for Buddy Meyer to be in the Ring of Honor. You know, I didn't even know who Buddy Meyer was back then, and now I've become one of his biggest fans, and uh, so incredibly overjoyed uh, that he's going in. But uh, again, that's just proof positive that uh, you can change your life. You can. You know, you're not a passenger; you're the pilot. That's important to understand. And that was a big concept for me in the beginning. It's like, I just thought these things were happening to me. I didn't realize I was the one driving the bus. And so no matter what you're going through, it may not be addiction, it may not be alcoholism, it may be depression. There's so much of that that uh, you're in charge of. And it ends when you're ready. And so let me encourage you uh, to do that. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.